Today, I'm going to talk to you about a problem that a few of my clients have spoken to me about lately. I've had a surprising spate of questions on this particular topic. It's something I don't think I've suffered from myself because maybe I didn't start getting really serious about my career until I had a few years' worth of job experience behind me. But also because I've rarely allowed those negative thoughts, which inevitably occur when things are not going 100% in your favour, to gain the necessary ground to radically affect my confidence. What is it? Well, I'll tell you in a minute. This is Patricia McGuire welcoming you to the Career Ace podcast, where myself and my contacts offer you tips and advice on your career, whatever stage you're at. Hello and welcome to episode 62 of the Career Ace podcast. Thanks very much for coming along and listening today. It's much appreciated. And the topic for today is how to be taken seriously and have people value your work. Just recently, I've had a few clients come to me and express the opinion that they look too young to be doing their job. They've all been professional people and it may surprise you that not one of them were career starters by which I mean they weren't people who'd just left school or university and were starting out on their professional life. All of them had been doing the job for at least a couple of years. In one case, they were already at board level. But the common denominator was that they felt their youthful good looks were still holding them back. And as far as my anecdotal experience tells me, the problem exists pretty much equally across the genders. But why are people feeling like this and how do we overcome this? It's true that some lucky people genuinely do look quite young. And if this is legitimately the root of the problem, then there are a few practical things that you can do about it. And I'll come to them in a minute. Yet in most cases I've worked on, when you really delve into the problem, the essence of the issue is a lack of self-confidence. So if you think about situations where you're not feeling really self-assured, you can probably recognise that your lack of conviction is felt by others around you, which in turn doesn't inspire them to be confident in you and your abilities. And so it goes on, a self-perpetuating vicious circle in which you are feeling undervalued and potentially your morale is plummeting. Let's look at some of the ways that you can increase your confidence Maybe even look a little older if necessary. Let's make the aim that you feel your thoughts and opinions are being taken into account, that the work you do is respected, that you are perceived as more authoritative and you grow more positive about yourself. Perhaps the first thing to start with is the way you dress. Is the saying, clothes maketh the man or women, to bring it up to date, still valid? While some people think it's not, that this is a totally superficial construct, I think there's enough evidence to suggest that the way you dress not only reflects the way you feel, but can influence the way people think about you. It disappoints me that this is so, but I believe we have to face up to reality. In one of my previous episodes, episode 15, which I titled The Power of Underwear, I spoke about how dress, and in particular your undergarments, can affect the way you feel. 
Feeling good on the inside gives you a boost of energy, of confidence, which changes your mental attitude and, of course, your posture, making you look more positive than perhaps you're feeling. As for dress, I'm really no expert, which is why I consulted one around the time that I started my own company. I wanted to make sure that I not only felt confident in myself, but if I was selling my services as an expert, I looked the part. As I said at the beginning of the podcast, I'm normally a very confident person, but we all have our moments, and starting my own business was a big step for me. I wanted to cover all the bases. And in a nutshell, what my expert told me was to buy the best clothes and accessories that I could afford. To maybe start with a statement piece like a belt, which would speak volumes in itself. Do you know what? I think I'll see if I can get hold of her for a podcast chat. One way to ensure that you're not seen as the immature member of the team is to focus on your professionalism. Prove to people that you're good at what you do. Gain their respect. Yes, you can dress for success, definitely. But what else can you do? Let's think about the way you speak. Try not to um and ah or use the word like. Be conservative and relatively formal in your speech. Certainly in the area that I work, Europe, there's a trend towards upspeak. What I mean by that is that often people raise their voices at the end of a sentence. To the listener, it suggests that they're asking a question rather than finishing a normal sentence or making a statement. Now, if you catch yourself doing this, cease and desist. Using up speech conveys the idea that there's an element of uncertainty in what you're saying. How is that going to suggest authority to the person who is listening to you? Try and control the speed at which you speak. When you're nervous or not so confident, you tend to speak quite fast. So before you open your mouth to speak, take a breath and remember not to rush what you're saying. Do you know, sometimes when I start recording the podcast, I race off at quite a pace and then suddenly remember to slow it down. Perhaps you want to have a listen to some of the past episodes and see where I've made the realisation that I've been talking too fast. Now, having said this, when you're talking, don't try to be something you're not. You can sound more mature by changing the formality of your speech, but what you shouldn't do is try to use speech which just isn't suited to you or the tone and level of the conversation you're having. It can distract from the image you're trying to portray. For example, only last night I went to a really good lecture at the local university about European foreign policy. The person giving the speech was engaging. He illustrated his points well with research and personal examples, all of which gave credibility to what he was saying. Where the lecture failed was his use of a few long-winded and pretentious words and phrases, which were scattered liberally throughout his speech. They didn't match the tone nor the level of the rest of the talk. My guess is that he put them in there to increase his gravitas. But from a personal point of view, they distracted me from the otherwise excellent speech. Everybody knows that meetings are a great way for you to improve your self-confidence and your aura of authority, if you do it right. Now, unless the meeting is very last minute, you'll surely have an idea of what it's all about, what topics are going to be covered. It's in your interests 
to think about these beforehand and jot down a few ideas. A few things that you would like to contribute. Think of a couple of the meetings you've been in yourself where people have made contributions just for the sake of being seen and heard. What did you think? Did they impress you or did you wonder why they'd bothered to speak, why they'd opened their mouth at all? I call these people meeting tourists and I believe that they get a poor reputation in the workplace because they really have nothing of any substance to contribute. They always make me think of of a saying of one of my primary school teachers. When the class was getting out of hand and really noisy, she would try and calm us down by telling us that empty vessels make more noise. Didn't make sense at the time, but I understand what she meant now. For the purpose of your career, you want to be one of those people who, when you express an opinion or a thought, other people want to listen. What other tools can you employ to make yourself more authoritative and self-confident? Have you ever thought about empathy? If you're finding or feeling like your colleagues or clients are regarding you as a relative youngster, have you thought of finding a way to connect with them? What do you have in common with them? Find out and without dominating conversations, try and demonstrate the similarities that connect you. I don't know, sport or a passion for a certain business topic. And if you start making these connections, your age, your youthfulness, as perceived by others, will become less of an issue. A super tool in the empathy kit box is the skill of listening. If you listen to other people and demonstrate that you're listening by making appropriate comments or asking them questions that show you're interested in what they're saying, this will create affinity. And you know, when you make these connections, maturity, perceptions of age, go out the window. They become irrelevant. Now, I can't end the podcast without talking a little bit about body language. Why not? Because your body language affects the way people think about you. What you want to say with your body is that you're a confident, dynamic professional, good at your job. But how? So here's a little checklist. Create a presence with your body. Walk tall, keeping your shoulders back. If you're sitting, sit up straight with an open style. Don't hunch your body up. Think about what you're doing with your hands. Don't have them stuffed in your pockets. Because subconsciously, people find that a symbol of mistrust. And if you're someone who gestures, do it with your palms up and open. Because again, subconsciously, people regard that as a symbol of honesty. Make your eyes work for you. Maintain eye contact with people you interact with. Smile at them. And greet people as you walk the corridors. You don't have to know their names, just say hello. Look happy at your work. And don't turn up to work dishevelled or looking like you were out drinking the night before. I don't have to tell you what sort of impression that makes. And a couple of last tools for you. If people confront you with your age, if they suggest that you couldn't possibly be able to do something because you're too young, then tell them a little bit about your experience, a little story that illustrates that experience or your skills and knowledge. But ultimately, you have to be comfortable in your own skin and look like you're comfortable in your own skin. Because if you have that inner radiance of confidence, other people will pick up on it 
and have no doubt about your abilities. Remember, confidence is self-perpetuating. It feeds itself. So that's it for this week. Thanks very much for listening to the episode. If you go to the Career Ace website, you'll find more podcasts and information sheets which can help you with your career. And if you sign up for membership of our community, which is free, you'll get some newsletters designed to give you more nuggets of information and offers which will be exclusive to our community. Don't forget, I do offer career coaching. So if you have something you want to talk to me about, or you want me to have a look through your CV, get in touch. Talk to you soon. To download more episodes of The Career Ace, please go to our website, that's thecareerace.com, or subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud. If you think the podcast has given you some useful guidance and information, then it would be really kind of you to leave us a review. It will help us to move up the rankings and, of course, help other people to find us. If you'd like individual consultations with me, to take part in webinars, receive our newsletter, or obtain information about our publications, then go to the Career Ace website and subscribe to our mailing list. You can find everything you need at thecareerace.com. Accelerating your career.